It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means. Yes, sirree, Bob, or Betty, it's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. This week, starring very special guest star, Miss Brooke Ferry. And thank you, fake audience. Thank you, fake band. They never miss a note. I love those guys. Hi, Brooke. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. <laughs> Yeah, well, you say that now. Let's see what you say at the end of the show. Uh, Brooke has been here. I'm going to do an actual short intro in a second, but she's been a taxi for about five years, and I just figured out this is the first time I've had you on the I show. Know. It's the first time. And Finally. I mean, we've been Finally doing this. Finally worked show. my way up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd call this up, but okay, whatever you want to call it is fine with me. Um, so anyway, I'm really excited to have her because. She's one of my go-to people. If I've got a question that I feel like I need more input on, it's not unusual for me to grab Brooke out of the screening room and say, hey, come here, man. So she's been a valued member of the A&R staff here for over five years now, right? Yeah. Um, she's an attorney who clearly liked the music industry more than practicing law, and that's why she chose the music industry. Uh, around the time we first met you, you'd been working at a library for a couple of years, I think? Yep. Um, and then we were very fortunate to get her to join the A&R staff here, and uh, she's now the proprietress of her very own catalog as well. She's got amazingly good ears, um, and, and you're a bit rare in that, uh, I think you're rare, in that yeah. you can handle a bunch of different genres with a plum. Oh. Uh, I know, I'm throwing out the big <laughs> words today, and not screwing them up either, take note. Uh, but she's really good at, some people come to work at Taxi and say, oh yeah, I can do this, I can do that. Um, when Brooke says that, or if Brooke says that, mm -hmm. you can believe it. Thank you. Well, she, thank you. she knows what she's talking about. Um, and my favorite thing, I made a note, my favorite thing about you, as long as we're talking about my favorite things about you, is that she totally understands the different types of uses, which a lot of people never really articulate the fact that there's kind of a, a how and a why and a when and a where that makes music work differently in different contexts. I've been practicing that one um, anyway so I really uh, like having her here she's a great person and a great set of ears and we're glad to have her so welcome thank you. well thank you I love being here I've enjoyed working here from the beginning I remember seeing when I like the concept that this existed I was like what? That's a job? <laughs> you get to go do that then? Right. You know, and I tell people that. They're like, no way. You listen to music all day and tell people your opinion about it, <laughs> Like, but you're not a critic? Like, that's awesome. So, yep. That's pretty cool. Thank God you're not a critic, because no. then your opinion probably wouldn't matter. <laughs> you're an actual, like, in-the-industry person. Um, I, I always think it's funny. I go on and look, yeah, this sun will go away soon. We've got sunlight leaking through the cracks of the blinds at a very inopportune time. Uh, oh, I should say hello to uh, our folks in, in the chat room. We've got Stephen Spinner, Gloria Covington, Finn Tamalonis, uh, John Bedoff, uh, Lamar, Jesse, Anna, Mojo, Peggy, Charles Wilson, Marion, Sherry Marcus Milano. Oh, I'm not recognizing some names here, Jeff. Yeah, Linda Cullum, Adriana. Hey, by the way, Adriana, on my way to work today, I saw either a moving van or a cleaning, something with a big logo on the side that said Adriana's, like, I don't know, meat and poultry or cleaning <laughs> service or something, and I thought of you. So just, just so sure you know. I'm sure that's what she wants to be associated with. <laughs> that's right. Adriana's meat. 
uh, <laughs> uh, Dave Knopf, Robbie Hancock, Daniel Murphy. Anyway, uh, hello guys. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Um, so what we're going to do today is I'm going to have Brooke probably screen three or four different songs and maybe an instrumental or two. So a combination thereof. And we're going to ask her a lot of questions, only two of which came from you guys. Um, a bunch of them came from me. So why you guys didn't go on the Facebook page and donate more of your questions, we do not know. But do it. And I want to tell you up front, well, first of all, if I don't hold these up, Bria is going to kick me under the table. So subscribe. I mean, if you're watching this thing in the archives, you know, on YouTube, it's no skin off your butt to hit that little red button, right? You can unsubscribe later, but just subscribe <laughs> for now so YouTube likes us. Now, actually, it's good because you get alerts and don't miss any of this great stuff. Share it. It's really important. Share with your friends. Didn't your parents teach you anything? And finally, like us because we're from Los Angeles and we need all that liking that we can get. All right, moving on. Um, so I've got some questions, but let's... I should probably look at my notes. Hold up signs. I did that. Uh, <laughs> look, I came prepared. <laughs> uh, lovely signs. I did. Oh, I want to mention something I haven't even told Bria that I'm doing next week. We've talked about it a little bit, but we she doesn't know that I pulled the trigger on it. I am going to have you guys that live in Los Angeles go on our Facebook page and say why you think you would be a good person to come on the show next week here in the office and interview moi. Ooh. And then two of you are going to get picked if you have really, you know, I mean, look, you could give really crummy answers and nobody gets picked and then I'll have to come up with something really good for the show. But I want you guys to come and interview me. Ask me anything you want, the most embarrassing stuff, the most like dig deep on taxi stuff. And then after the show, I will take you out to dinner and then you can ask me a bunch of stuff that I won't answer publicly. Now, I will answer everything, honestly, and uh, in a very forthright manner. So there you go. Uh, right after today's show, go to our Facebook page and say, I want to interview Michael and say why. Um, so you can only do that if you've subscribed and liked. <laughs> and Exactly. Wow, you should be on the show more often. You did that really well. And look, she did it without notes. That was like ad-libbed. Um, okay, so I'm going to lead off with a question and get to a song pretty quickly, but I'm asking all these on behalf of the screeners. Um, I mean, not the screeners, the members. Do screeners find reasons, or do they try to find reasons to forward stuff or to not forward stuff? I think if there's a reason to not forward it, we don't have to find it. Ooh, that's a really good answer. Um, it just kind of makes itself <laughs> obvious, right? Yeah, it does. I think, I mean, maybe if the newer screeners um, will kind of work through it, but I think when you've been doing it for a while, the reason not to, it, it comes up very quickly. Um, I How quickly? As soon as you hear it. Okay. I mean, I'll start... Um, I'll put on a song and there's a recording hiss. I mean, that's it. If it's film and TV, that you're you're gone before I even hear a note. Unfortunately, um, of course now I'm still going to listen to the song and I'm st I'm not going to just say there's hiss bye um, because that's that's not going to be the only things that I want to talk about. There's right. other things like also like what's good about it. Like, that's just as equally as important. Um, but like if you were, I'll, I start like screening kind of immediately as soon as I start listening. I'm like. Oh, I love the intro, or the intro is too long. Um, 
And then as each element comes in, I'm sort of feeling how it fits. And as long as nothing goes, then it's a forward, as long as it's in style, obviously. Now there's something that it's like, that was gorgeous. And that was like, you know, a hard rock, rock track and they're looking for, you know, teen pop. It's not gonna work. That's one of my other questions, because people get frustrated. Um, gee, but it, you know, it's the greatest song in the world, but it didn't get forwarded. Yeah. Why not? Or it's already in a library, or it's already been in a show, and you guys didn't forward it. Why not? And tell yeah. them why it matters that we have to match this stuff to the request. Because then we don't need to be here, I feel like. It's <laughs> um, a good reason. No, I, I feel like, this, I mean, yeah, obviously the the filtering of you know quality of quality of recording quality of production um quality of songwriting all of that that's you know that is super important but beyond that is you know filtering out what people just don't need i mean i get stuff that i'm like this is great i have so many of them or i'm not getting people people aren't requesting this right now or it's just going to sit there it's going to or it's a christmas song and you know and it's uh, December 26th. Way, I know? spoke to a very good mutual friend of ours, somebody mm -hmm. that you used to work for before, and if you know, don't put it in the chat room, please. But he and I were on the phone today mm -hmm. for about 45 minutes, and he said he just got his first request for Christmas 2018. He did not. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to have to eat my words. I know. We're not even, oh no, we are a month past Christmas, but yeah, early, huh? Really early. <laughs> yeah. I tell people not until July or August, but wow. I could understand if it's like, Coca-Cola and they're right. planning, you know, the big Christmas push or something. So, I can understand why they would want it early because yeah. it, it may be something that they're shooting to and right. or something. But yeah, that's it odd. could be a film, right? Yeah, yeah with a Christmas scene. Yeah, possible. that's early. <laughs> I thought so. Um, Rules are made to be broken. So, you know, and, and that's a really valid point around here because Everybody wants to know what's that magical thing that'll make the screeners like my song or like my instrumental. And do you guys follow all these rules? Is it fair to say that the screeners are fluid, that they consider, before when I mentioned the where, the when, the why, that you might treat um, something you're screening for a library mm -hmm. differently than you would treat it if you're screening it for a request that comes in from a supervisor because oh, yeah. and tell them Definitely why how, how those what some of those things are that make you react differently or look at it through a different lens. Yeah. Okay, so having worked at a library and then having my own catalog um, I know kind of the parentheses that somebody might put around something, if you know what I mean. If you think of like, they give three references and they all fit in a pretty tight box. For a, for a library, more likely than not, you can you it can get a little wider around that as far as like, this one is the most popular, this one is the most indie. You can kind of expand the circle around it a little bit more because they're gonna be pitching, they might not necessarily be asking a request from us for a very specific thing. It's more like a project. Like if somebody comes and says, hey, we've got this new season and we need all of this smooth R&B, female vocals, mm -hmm. gotta sit behind dialogue, okay. And they're gonna get three references, but you can, there's a lot within that brief, within those, those concepts. So I feel like you can get a little wider with it. Um, if you're working with a supervisor, they know exactly what the scene looks like. Mm -hmm. They know how fast it is, how slow it is, how much tension it has, and it's got to fit directly. So yeah, I think there's a lot less wiggle room. 
Have you ever seen a scenario in your entire career where somebody said, that song is, isn't what I'm looking for, but is so freaking amazing, we're going to put it in and re-edit the scene and change the storyline because we just got to have that song in our movie. Yeah. Well, I suppose <laughs> if like Paul McCartney came and said, I'm going to give this song to you for your movie <laughs> for free, they would probably recut the scene to fit it. But okay, um, not Paul McCartney. Um, but beyond that, yeah, no. Yeah, a regular no. person. No. <laughs> um, I mean, let's it, talk about how it's different. I'm so jumping ahead of my questions. but I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. It's, um, it's all great stuff. So yeah. let's talk about the difference between looking for a pop song for a commercial, okay. a pop song for a scene in a film, Let's say it's a coming of age scene or a coming coming of age movie with a party scene. So you've got TV commercial that needs mm -hmm. a pop song. You've got a movie with um, coming of age with a party scene. You've got a library that's looking for a pop song. Um, I'm trying to think of another, or maybe uh, a trailer that needs a pop song. Ooh. Is it the same pop song or the same requirement for those different applications? Do you look at it differently? Do they search differently? I think if it fits in the trailer, in the commercial, and in the film, it's going to fit in the library, obviously, mm -hmm. because they want all of that. Um, and I, trailers super super specific. That's going to be very different. Um, in I mean, I'd say nine times out of ten, it's got to have what they call trailer structure. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. This is where you're I, going with this. Right? Uh, uh, well, it's <laughs> make sure I'm giving, giving you what you're looking for. So yeah, yeah, so the trailer structure. I'm sure a lot of you guys know what that is. You watch a trailer. It's pretty much there. You've got the first act, which is mellow, kind of sets the scene. It allows for the character development, the people to talk. Or, or like the booming voiceover, and then the second act is when the action gets going, and then you know, the, then there's the this pause, the big hit, ba 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 ba, and then the action you know takes place, and then everyone wants to go see the movie. Um, <laughs> but they hope. They hope. So that's the third act trailer um, structure with a pop song. It can be kind of trailerized, which they say, which basically means you take your last chorus and you add some extra vocals and some strings and some big drums on it, and you can make it have that. Now if you happen to have something that just has a really big chorus, that can work for your trailer. Um, while we're on the subject of trailers, mm -hmm. let's talk about the fact that people have been loving reimagined former hits, past hits. The covers. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Doing, and everybody talks about, ew, that's so gross, I don't want to use that anymore, we're all mm -hmm. tired of it, but it's kind of like, you know, uh, ukulele, uh, hand clappy, <laughs> happy clappy snappy, yeah. as Matt Hurt uh, aptly named it, I believe. It doesn't uh, go away. It doesn't. It, it's, mm -mm. you know, my wife and I go to movies pretty frequently, and the trailers are still, still that, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, more often than not, I find that up-tempo songs get made into slower songs yeah. and that they become less boom, boom, boom in your face and get made to be very dreamy and ethereal. Mm -hmm. And then an issue pops up, and I've noticed this sitting in movie theaters, mm -hmm. that you've got to have such a great lyric line that it can be stretched and take 30 seconds to spit it <laughs> out and it's meaningful versus... Uh, a lyric line that's a little more all over the place, and, and if you slowed it down to that tempo, you'd never get it spit out in time to fit in the trailer. Yeah, so there are true. all these things you got to think about that yeah. just 
Yeah, the covers for trailers are crazy. They things that you would never listen to. Right. You know what? Yeah. Like if you put it on, you just be like. <laughs> What's happening? Right. Um, Drink some friggin' coffee. Yeah. Uh, but then it works. Yeah. It's paired to picture. It works so well, and it's it's so much about the familiarity factor. Yeah. It's the familiarity, but the surprise, and that's what you know. So much of what music is about. That idea of like, it sounds like something that you're used to hearing, and yet you're like, oh, I've never heard this before. So I think with the covers, it's it's a way to get you excited about the movie because it's like. You've, it has some sort of emotional response to you. It's either a song that you listened to when you were growing up, or it's a song your parents listened to, or something like that. So you immediately relate to it. So you feel like, well, I've got to see this movie because that song was, I don't know, the song where I had my first kiss, or you know, whatever. It's like an old pair of jeans, but you put yeah. rhinestones on it. I get it. What was that thing at Christmas time they used to sell the, the little oh, the dazzler? <laughs> yes. oh. No, we're no longer going to call it trailerizing. It's going to be called bedazzling. <laughs> This is what I love about Taxi TV is we invent stuff right here before your very eyes. And we get really good light. I don't know what the hell's going. You know, it's the change of seasons. Apparently spring is coming faster than, what's his name, Puxatani Phil? Um, oh, it was Groundhog Day. Right. It was, and he said six more weeks of winter. Not here because it was 80 degrees outside today. Yeah. I have a thing that I call triangulating the references. Um, it's the hardest part of what we do here at Taxi is finding three references that we think are going to lead you guys down the correct path and give the screener the right reference points to judge the music fairly. Uh, and people often ask, do the screeners know more about the listing or the request? They don't. They know what you know. They're, they're looking right at the listing. Um, there are times when the references should be adhered to because they're all three almost identical. You know, obviously yeah. not identical, but really, really close. really close. And there are other times where it's like uh, the listing will say within a range of, and we'll even put that in italics to make yeah. sure that people don't miss it. Um, how would you suggest that they better read the tea leaves mm -hmm. of the three references it won't be the same for every listing. What yeah. do you do as a screener to get that right. perspective? Well, I mean, you pointed out exactly. There's always that sort of qualifying language in this. Right. this you know, would be on a playlist with. Um, that's going to be more, you know, clo closer to them in a range of. or um, And when they're more diverse, then you've got, you know, more wiggle room. Um, I think... One thing that really helps is really knowing, because like you asked, do we know more about the listing? We don't know more about the listing, but I feel like what I what helps me screening is what I do know is I know those three references. Very rarely have I not already heard those songs. Yeah, you're many, pretty many encyclopedic. Times. You are. You're, uh, you're talented that way. Yeah, but I also know all the songs that I would consider to be on a playlist with them. So I already have. So when I'm thinking. Um, you know, if there's if a Demi Lovato reference comes up, I'm already thinking, okay, who are the other you know six artists who aren't referenced but would be on that same playlist? And if somebody is getting you know further and further down there, it's like, well, okay, that still works because she would still be on a you know, can you get Demi Lovato and Halsey on the same playlist? Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think knowing as much about the genre you're writing in as possible is super super important. And if you're writing contemporary music, don't listen to old music while you're writing contemporary music. Only I'm, listen to contemporary music because it gets in your head and the rhythms get in and the feelings get in. And it, 
Don't we all, all of us under the roof at Taxi, all of us in the industry wish that we could magically do a uh, whatever a swish and a whatever mm. they call in Harry swish Potter. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have a son. I, That's how I, I know that. say only a parent would know that. <laughs> swish and flick. What is it, something Leviosa? Uh, Leviosa. Yes. Okay. <laughs> would you... <laughs> So, what do I switch and flick? No, if I could do it, I that would be my one wish for uh -huh. all musicians, is that they get past what they, what the music was that they fell in yeah. love with at twenty something. Yeah. And, and stay hard. current, and that is hard. I understand that yeah. it's hard, but yeah, just because you have thing. great '80s rock doesn't mean that you're great for today. There will be occasions. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's the heart. It's it's super super true. And I don't really know how, I'm not enough of a musician myself to say, you've got to change your drum figures. Like don't do tick -tick 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 on the tom-toms yeah. because that's a dead giveaway. Yeah. But I can't tell them what the tom-tom fill is to make it sound right. like it's today. Yeah, well. Um, yeah. yeah, that yeah, wasn't a question. But that no, was but the, the good thing, but the nice thing about that though is that we have screeners who can Right, that's true. I know one screener <laughs> I would is absolutely is going to tell you exactly what to do on your drums to right. fix that. So, but um, but I think you know, let I mean, we have, I mean, in this day and age, you're like, what's the guitar? You know, what guitar pedals are they using on blah 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 song? And you're gonna, and there you go. You know, I mean, you want obviously like you know, don't just directly copy what everybody's doing, but you, but here's the thing, if you have certain influences that are really coming through in your music, they're still going to come through. Like you, your style is still going to come through no matter how much you try to, no matter how much you change your tom fills or you get a new fuzz on your guitar or whatever like that. Your, your style is still going to come through. So I don't think you have to worry too much. I don't think too many people have to worry too much about, you know, sounding too much like somebody else. It's more the dated thing, and when I look out uh, from the stage at the road rally and I look at our audience, it's definitely become more diverse age-wise. It used to be that probably 85% of our audience was over 40, and it's gotten younger over the mm -hmm. years, but young people still get stuck. It, somebody who fell in love with music in 92, they're going to sound like 92 when it's 2030. Yes. Uh, yes. and it's no, really somebody, hard to get away from. There's somebody who's not here. Somebody submitted it to me, and I was like, okay, well, I expected it to be an older guy, and it wasn't. He wow. was young, and I was like, what? why do you sound like this? Maybe his parents forced him to listen to their <laughs> music. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so one of the people, Lars Anderson, asks, when making a pop cue, should that only be the backing track for a singer to add to the top, oh, pop instrumental oh, cue. Okay. Should that only be the backing track for a singer to add the top line, mm -hmm. or should that be included with, for example, a synth? So, in other words, yeah. if they're making a pop cue, should they leave, should they include the vocal melody and use a synth or a guitar or something to carry the melody, or should they just leave the melody out? I think you almost always are gonna put some sort of melody on top of it. I think it's gonna be rare, very rare yeah. that they're going to just want that backing. Um, I mean, you know, the, the listing might say, you know, this is going to go under something with a lot of dialogue, so keep it simple. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you think about it, without the without any melody on it, it's going to sound really repetitive. 
And sometimes under dialogue, that can be just as distracting if it's too repetitive, especially if it's, if you know, you've got, if it's like thinking about a pop track and the heavy bass and the heavy drums, I mean, that's just going to stand out so much without something on it to just kind of like mellow it out and mute it down a little bit. But um, when we're talking about cues, we're talking about more likely than not non-scripted television, so it can't be too frenetic or all over the place because it's going to get in the way of dialogue. It's so... So I totally um, didn't answer your question. Well, no, I'm loving that we're having this conversation because it shows <laughs> them sorry. how much thought we have to put into it here, which is we will actually look at a listing when we're writing it and, and when it goes through editing and proofing before it goes out the door. And those are the kinds of things that I look for. Sometimes the folks in my staff will say, um, avoid being you know, bombastic or frenetic or something. Yeah. And I go, you know what? For this, they, it actually could be. Yeah. So I'll take it out. But as a general rule of thumb, yeah. you don't want it to be frenetic and have the risk of stepping on dialogue. Yeah. I've come up with my own little phrase uh, for to answer uh, Lars's question, which is, I do. I would recommend doing melody light. If you try to do every note that the vocals should do oh, yeah. with an instrument, because sound like sound a Montavani doing yeah. 101 strings or no. something like that. I just want a little motif. Right. Yeah. yeah. So just pick like you know whatever would be the the melody note on the one. Go ding, ding, yeah, ding a something. A little focus. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise it's gonna sound like a rhythm track. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody sitting yeah. in the control room going, bring in the vocal, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't happening. Yeah. And also, you know, for the lot of libraries, you know, um, a lot of them might ask for beds or stems or say, hey, this is great. Can you also get me a mix without this thing on it, without the, the melody on it as well? So there's going to be plenty of options for you. If you have the more options you have already ready, the better. You know, it's much easier to take stuff off than to put it back on. I uh, was extremely tickled pink today to find out that some of our members uh, who was the lady that sent the thing in about the the Super Bowl Britt Fox. a member named Britt Fox mm -hmm. sent an email today saying uh, my myself meaning her mm -hmm. and I think some other taxi members mm -hmm. actually built a spreadsheet of hundred and fifty different examples of uh, uh, music that happened during the Super Bowl broadcast okay which I thought was brilliant that they were thinking about yeah. that stuff and, and annotating it because that's how you learn. Yeah. Um, if there was one broadcast throughout the year, though, that I think might not be the best example, <laughs> that would be the one. because and, and they mostly did the commercials that appeared. And mm -hmm. the commercials are very Super Bowl-centric. They're either come together, we're all one people, let's mm -hmm. unite, or uh, thematically kind of different on Super Bowl day than they would mm -hmm. be throughout the rest of the year, although not 100%, but some of the And time. also, you're getting huge, massive hits. Yeah. You're getting things, I mean, you've got... <laughs> that they wouldn't spend the money on. Keys, you right. know, for an entire commercial. It's like the entire song. I mean, it's a gorgeous commercial. Right. But, you know, you're not going to see that, you know, every day. That's for the Olympics, you know? Yeah, exactly, because that's... Yeah. What do they spend for 30 seconds on the Olympics? It's, I don't know. It's millions. Dollars. Yeah, it's like... More millions and millions. Yeah. I don't um, know. Somebody Google it. <laughs> they will. I, I know. I'm it'll writing. be, uh, Polly right. will be Googling <laughs> that and giving us an answer very shortly. Um, okay. I've uh, been getting this question for 26 years. want to make sure we answered today's show. Um, if you, meaning mm -hmm. taxi, this is how they asked me, okay. if, if you guys, mean taxi or the A&R team, mm -hmm. get material that's pretty good mm -hmm. or almost on target, why don't you forward it to the person on the industry side and let them decide if it's good enough or not? 
I mean, I think the idea is that we are industry people, so that we n we know. Rumor has it. <laughs> I mean, you know, yes, this is subjective. It really is. Um, but it's not your taste, right? I mean. Uh, oh, I don't have taste anymore. Right. It, it's. <laughs> I really don't. It's really excellent taste, but your taste. <laughs> you're trying yeah. to channel what you think their taste is for that scenario, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Okay. It's it's really about, you know, is it good not if I like it mm -hmm. it doesn't matter I like honestly if it's good I like it I really do mm -hmm. because I know that's gonna mean money for somebody and who doesn't like that you know but no I like it because it's good and then I get to afford it and they're happy and Michael's happy and you guys are happy and it's great um, I think we I don't think they want okay I think they want really good and there is really good. And I don't think it helps the members for us to say, um, I'm boarding this. It's pretty good. And I think it helps you more if we say this is pretty good. And if you did the X, Y, and Z, it would be great. Because if I forward it and it's pretty good and there's ones that are better, they're not going to call you. Um, and if they see your name again, they might be like, oh, I remember this guy. He wasn't good enough. Um, so it doesn't do anybody any good. I think uh, part of my worry as the owner of the company is that if it's a library in particular that we're running listing for and it's something like orchestral, everybody's got a ton of orchestral mm -hmm. um, and it may be that they're, they've reached out to us and said I'd like to freshen up the orchestral aspect of my library because mm -hmm. my stuff is starting to sound a little long in the tooth. The stuff that we hear might be incredibly good, but if it also sounds like orchestral from 10 years ago, then we're not going to afford it instinctively because we know that they're trying to freshen it up. Because yeah. there isn't a library in the world, uh, I should say, uh, a library that does instrumental stuff that doesn't have orchestral. Mm -hmm. But there's orchestral and there's orchestral. So we intuitively know that we're looking for something that sounds fresh, which we would put in the listing. Mm -hmm. um, and it may be a hybrid, so that it's got some synth or guitar in there, something that makes it sound modern. Um, it's funny now, even taiko drums have become passe already, you know? Yeah. Um, which leads me to a question. Okay. What do, would you prognosticate are the hot genres for 2018? Because mm. everybody wants to know Everybody that. wants to know. <laughs> um, um, I think, more and more of kind of a hybridization of, of what and what of what well <laughs> okay so hold on so i actually brought a list no he didn't oh. i didn't know he got he was gonna ask me this question but she i didn't. did write down kind of who i think is interesting right now um and i think i do think it is it's people who are taking two styles and putting them together i mean we saw that with the revivalists we saw that with you know Madden dragons we've seen that and it keeps happening and i know that um, one thing that I do find ha happening, and I, I find you guys working on that and doing that, which is cool, um, I find that one thing that happens is there's too many ideas. A lot of times I feel like people trying to take it to the next step at five genres, whereas like two is good. Um, so people that are like really interesting to me right now is um, Maggie Rogers. I mean, I don't know that she's necessarily putting anything unusual together, but it's kind of electro indie pop. I like it because it's... Um, it's catchy, it has a good beat, it's memorable, but it still it still has an edge and it still feels it just let's see. 
I'm going to say it feels fresh. That's so wild. I mean, um. there is no, so, you know, we yeah. all worry that we're overusing words like yeah. compelling and fresh around mm-hmm. here, but there is no better word for it than yeah. fresh. And she looks like Drew Barrymore, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> Pale Waves is cool. I like it because they have kind of like a 90s alt rock, but with like a tween pop vocal, and like that so shouldn't work. And it does. It's interesting. It's It, it gives something. There's, there is a little retro flavor in there, but that vocal is just unmistakably 2018. And it's it's cool. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's taking like what the revivalists did, taking an older sound and just kind of making... I feel like the the vocal and the vocal production, the melody, is really what's important to bring something that has retro influence into something that sounds contemporary. Um, what else? Um, Brooke Bentham is like Adele meets PJ Harvey. That's cool. How do you spell the last name? B-E-N-T-H-A-M. Um, <clears throat> bands I've already mentioned, so I don't... I mean, I, I do like Halsey a lot, even though she, I'd say she's you know, more mainstream. I really think she's awesome. Um, uh, Sheer Mag is kind of like I don't know Alabama Shakes meets Slayer. <laughs> wow. I don't know. They're they're gritty. They're definitely gritty. I don't know if that would be a film and TV necessarily use, but um, I think people are trying to get more interesting. People also are really liking Japanese Breakfast. I don't necessarily listen to them, but people like them. I find that um, on the commercial side from ad agencies mm-hmm. that they go through a cycle almost predictably that the first brief and they usually they not usually will often send out briefs and they say it's on a rolling basis which means they don't really know what the hell they want and and i understand that because you don't really know the editor's working on the film cut and they think that oh this could work and there's a i once did the math there's 16 people involved in typical ad agency thing so in the beginning Somebody, maybe the creative person that had the idea for the spot, thinks, oh, it would be cool with this kind of band, probably influenced by what she or he grew up with, and they like that kind of music. Mm-hmm. Then uh, maybe the producer of the spot has some input. Then maybe the director of the spot has some input. And then ultimately it lands in the editor's edit bay, and the editor is probably going to cough up some ideas. And then it goes back to kind of a committee at the ad agency, and people go, eh, I like, it. I don't really love that song, or they pick one that they'll never be able to afford. We both know way too much about that. Um, so it goes through this whole thing, and ultimately they almost always end up with something that's very middle of the road that will work in the flyover states because they chicken out when it gets down to it. They're trying to be really cutting edge because yeah. ad agencies are just rife with cool cutting-edge people that know a lot about what's hip and and they do legitimately they do but in the end they get cold feet or somebody gets cold feet and says yeah let's go with the tried and true and they end up licensing something that sounds yeah five years old it's not terrible it's just it's not necessarily memorable and it's torture for those of us in the industry when we watch the the process happen it's kind of like watching a train crossing a track with a car, you know, trying to get over slowly, the track. Slowly. Yeah, it's yeah. just, uh, it's going to be bad. Um, let's see. Uh, common mistakes that you hear from members with their submissions. What okay. would those be? I was actually thinking about this. I figured you might ask me a question like this. I was thinking the things that came up, come up the most for me um, is like immediate things. Is what we've already talked about. It doesn't sound contemporary. A um, two, I 
I'm often finding problems with drums. They're too heavy, they're too stiff, they get in the way of things, um, they don't sound balanced in the mix. It's so important for film and TV because that is, they are, if there's going to be dialogue in the scene, they're going to bring it way down. And if you bring a, a song, the volume way down, and all you hear is drums, it's right. just... Right, it's going to sound like... Yeah, so it's a good thing to do with your songs. When you're mixing them, turn them way down and like, I don't know, play something from YouTube over it and see how, see if you can still really feel the mood of the song. You have to, that the mood and the, the spirit of the song still has to come through. And yeah, the drums is often, I find often get in the way. I'm always turning the volume down and like, nope. So that's a big one for me. Um, other stuff as far as Something that irks me, but I would yeah. never, if I were screening, hold something back because of it. But a lot of times you hit play, mm -hmm. and you have to wait four seconds before the music starts. You go, why couldn't you just make it start when you hit play? I understand yeah. that when people were using cassettes, they might miss you know, getting right. it close to the leader, but there's no excuse anymore. No. Um, other stuff like yeah. that, the bad titles or anything that... Um, yeah, I've seen some bad titles. I would never hold it back. Um, you know, don't... I, my suggestion is not to name it, you know, Taxi Song Number 4. Um, <laughs> Wednesday Night Mix. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and also, like, um, Tension Cue 7, because if a library takes it, they're going to be like, they're going to have to go back and forth with you to title it. They can't put it in their catalog like that because they already have one, or they need something, something that just gives it more of a, a feeling of what kind of tension, you know, walking in the woods. I mean, simple. It can be simple, but as long as there's some sort of description to it, I think that's it just looks like you put a little more time into it. Tension nice. is such a, now that you're bringing up tension, something I've wanted to talk about mm -hmm. on Taxi TV a bunch of times, I don't know that I ever have, is everybody seems to love cranking out tension cues. They're all different kinds of tension. Yeah. There's the tension you'd encounter on The Bachelor, who's going to get the rose, or there's the kind of tension on some sort of physical competitive show or survivor, that's a different kind of tension. Yeah. The tension you would encounter when somebody's in a meth lab and maybe going to blow themselves <laughs> up. Uh, there are all these different kinds mm -hmm. of tension. Why has the industry, I wonder, not come up with better ways to describe oh, yeah. those various those kinds various of tension? Kind. I don't know. I mean, we've got dramedy. We should have like rose tension, yeah. um, <laughs> meth tension. <laughs> Well, I have the, um, you know what, I, I think the reason is, um, I think there's a lot of crossover. Yeah. I think you can take some of those cues and and it's going to fly under some of the other um, scenarios where it might not necessarily. I think also, um, I think it's evolving, it evolves quickly. The, what you're hearing, like, I have not gone back and rewatched any, or if I ever, you know, watch Bachelor episodes, but I'm guessing... I have no idea. I'm guessing if you listen to season one and the tension music that in season, what are they on, 97? Yeah, um, now, it's, I, I'm guessing it's going to sound different. It's going to sound dated. And so I feel like maybe making those really specific um, distinctions, uh, they just, they're just going to get boiled over as time goes by and they're not going to have the same meaning. That would be one reason okay. for it. I don't know. I feel like the descriptive words, you know, help, you know, um, dark, you know, brooding, you know, exciting, you know, um, 
I think that whether it's for scripted or non-scripted definitely makes a difference as far as how dark you can get with it, edgier. Um, That's a whole different, you know, yeah. I'm glad they um, have brought up scripted versus non-scripted it's a couple really of times different. because the, the biggest consumers of music, uh, certainly instrumental music, are non-scripted non reality shows. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what, here's a yeah. question I didn't write down, but yeah. you should... I'm going to ask you this. Um, how many opportunities would you say there are in a typical scripted one-hour drama for music other than score? Oh, gosh. Two, it, two three, right. four. You know, if four would be a lot, right? Four would be a lot. And that fourth one is probably going to be, you know, the car drives by and you hear, ah. Right. You know, or they're in a bar and, you know, it's so low that you're like, is that the salt? Oh, Does yeah, that break your heart song. when people are so excited that their music's in a show and they gather the yeah. family members and friends that come over? It's like Super Bowl night at their oh. house and everybody's on the couch and then the song plays it so low. It's so when you can't hear it kills me. Yeah, yeah. it always breaks I my heart. Do you drive your husband crazy like I drive my wife crazy um, sitting on the couch? I, we can't watch anything without me going, that's that kind of cue. That's that kind of cue. Ooh, really good music supervision. Oh, yeah. See how that tied to the story right there and, and nailed the cut? And my wife is like, just shut up. My six-year-old does it. He'll be like, Mama, did you like that? That was a pretty good music choice, don't you think? He has good taste, though. He's usually pretty right. That's <laughs> funny. He does it. But he loves score. He has, like, score playlists. and. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think my kids ever watch TV with me once we moved past Disney and Harry Potter. They were gone. It's like they hide, They got their iPads and they're, if they're in the family room with Deb and I, they're sitting on the other part of the L-shaped couch with the iPad <laughs> watching something oh, yeah. on, you know, whatever. Not watching with us. It's family movie night at the Lasco residence, which means they're going to be watching their movie on the iPad. Sad. Um, I did ask, though, like the other things that um, I was little uh like little nitpicky oh, things yeah. that come up a lot and one thing i wanted to, i wanted to say is that i think some of those things have gotten a lot better overall They're, yeah since i've been here like in six years first of all the music has gotten better just overall gotten so much i've got to give credit yeah. well first of all the members but the yeah, screeners for steering job. everybody in the right direction yeah. so yeah yeah you guys are doing things have gotten better everyone's got you know you know people you your samples are better you're mixes are better everything's gotten better um so I, I think some of the little things that used to come up a lot um come up a lot less which is really good as mm. like also like specific lyrics like i i rarely have to say like you can't you like name the song can't be lucy lucy like you know <laughs> i don't have to say that anymore it's really nice because it can't be you guys all know that, so I won't, I won't elaborate. Uh, let's talk about universal lyrics, and I want to listen to a piece of music, but um, I find that I've been taking the phrase universal lyrics out of our listings um, a little more liberally than I used to, and the yeah. reason is because I'm realizing so much of the music that leaves here is not used, it's not featured, it's not in a montage at the end of a an episode where the lyric is very meaningful to the story and the emotion it's more about um, just fitting the vibe of that um, dirty dusty biker bar that they're in and it's going to be from 50 feet away the lyric mm -hmm. doesn't matter but from the library perspective mm -hmm. is it safe to say that libraries would prefer that virtually everything that they sign has a pretty 
universal lyric. I sounded like Larry David. Pretty universal lyric. <laughs> Because it just gives them more options to sell it, if you will, or license it. Yeah, well, it's better for you. Just have more options. Um, but, you know, on the other side, of course, there is something to be said for something that is just super compelling. You know, maybe it's not going to fit in as many genres, but if you have an idea that is um, is really topical, you know, if you're... T I don't know what's going on that's topical, but... Um, Here, I can give you yeah. an example. I just worked, I don't know what I do with it now, but I just worked on a taxi listing that's going out tomorrow. I want to give examples, by the way. I do know what's topical, but I can't because I've just talked about them screening. And if I talk about it, I'm going to get so called out on who I am. So <laughs> <laughs> um, examples I want to give, but I can't. Yeah, when she thinks uh, topical, she thinks of ointment that she puts on her, oh no, your kid at six years old doesn't get diaper rash anymore. But, um, <laughs> anyway, we're working, uh, there's a listing coming out tomorrow that is looking for Vietnam War era oh. sounding material okay. for a documentary that okay. presumably is about the Vietnam War? Yeah, or the peace love movement around it, you know, something. Okay. And, you know, it, it's songs like um, Ohio by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, which I actually added in as one mm -hmm. of the refs, and um, War by Edwin, whatever his name was. Um, so that's topical. Mm -hmm. And in the listing, my A&R staff had written in um, Universal Lyrics. Mm -hmm. And I took it out. I went yeah. down there and talked to them. I said, was that a mandate from the client, or was that something that we presumed? And they said, no, we presumed it just for safety's sake. And I said, yeah, I'm going to take it out. Mm -hmm. Because if it's a Vietnam-era song, and it's about war is bad, or mm -hmm. peace and love are good, yeah. or you might even talk about, you know, my brothers were killed in battle, or something that's yeah. pretty darn specific, in that context, it would totally work. Yeah. In almost any other context... It wouldn't, but um, anytime yeah. you're going to use a Vietnam War era thing, it, it's going to have to touch on one side or the other of that discussion, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think so. And I think there's also something to be said for, now don't say, my brothers were killed in battle in Ho Chi Minh City. But <laughs> if you say, you know, my brothers are killed in battle, okay, we're thinking war. But I feel like you can take that same idea and you can make that song so much more marketable because you can use that as a metaphor. So my brothers were you know, were killed in battle, and what is what else, what other metaphors, whatever, what other imagery goes with that that can open that up. So what does that mean to be killed in battle? It can be killed in battle in, you know, emotionally, right. or in love, or, but don't say love is a battlefield, please. Um, <laughs> that could be pain or loss, <laughs> yeah. separation. Being killed in yeah. battle can mean so many things. So I think songs that use specifics mm. as a larger metaphor are going to work in those specific situations so well, and then they can be used in anything. Like, I can think of so many... I mean, you can think of, like, a cop show, My Brother's Killed in Battle. Mm, you know, you can think of, like, a doctor's show where, you know, somebody has lost a patient and they're just, you know, beside themselves. That could be like right. They lose battle, the, right? lose the battle, battle yeah. in the OR or in yeah, the yeah. ER. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very so, good point. Um, okay, let's listen to uh, the third thing on your list. Uh, ready, set, explode. Speaking okay. of battle.
So, you know, it works. Um, I do find, look at world, I'm about to, I think I'm about to blow and then ready, set, explode. Like that kind of says the same thing to me. So like, I don't, I feel like that pre, that sort of pre-chorus line, if you will, could have more impact if it was, we should have just set up the chorus differently. Um, I like the chorus, but I don't think it sounds like a chorus. To me, it sounds like a post-chorus or it sounds like something that's going on under a chorus. Um, because I, it's not big enough and impactful enough? Um, based on what I get at the beginning, yeah. and based on ex ready, set, explode, like, that's big. Right. Like, that's gonna and it didn't. push it. And it didn't. It didn't explode. Um, so I, I I just, I, I find that it, it gets, you use it too many times. The ready, set, explode. I just, I heard it too many times. I actually um, had the thought that if the chorus were standing alone, mm -hmm. as a standalone, it would be great in a TV promo for um, a cop show or a spy thriller or something in the context of a promo. If all you took was ready, set, explode and didn't have the rest of the song yeah. to judge the lack of explosiveness. Yeah, yeah that on its own yeah. it was okay, but yeah. I felt the same thing. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. But yeah, it, it is cool for a promo. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, I think that if there was, um, if it was under something or if there was a a bigger course because the ooh is like get me really excited for what's going to happen next and then I felt like that it fell down a little bit um I, th I would l I wanted the second verse to be the same length as the first verse mm -hmm. I felt like we got back to the pre-chorus way too fast and kind of like a little jerky but um like I think like a good reference for this is thunder by imagine dragons mm -hmm. it's super repetitive I mean they hit lightning before the thunder a lot but <laughs> <laughs> um the vocal effect they put on that the, the the instrumental riff behind it, the power of the percussion and how the singer, how he changes his vo his voice, like how it's different every time he says it. It has like a different emotion behind it. Um, that's what keeps it, you know, I think that's what keeps that song still interesting. They're you still, know? isn't it amazing? How long have they been out in the world now? Like, I think, uh, oh, oh. No, it's approaching not that long. Yeah, nine, approaching ten. ten. Well, approaching ten yeah. years, and I've always been amazed by yeah. their staying power. But you know what? Without all of us really realizing it, they kind of changed the tenor of what we do. Yeah. Um, everybody glommed onto them pretty darn quickly, yeah. and I'm a little hesitant for people to glom onto them now because they've got this almost ten-year time span, mm -hmm. and by the time you perfect the tools that they're using, it could be passe, but then again, the ukulele and happy clappies and are happy still clappies around. Happy are still around, so you know, yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone would be mad if you gave them something that sounded like um, radioactive. Yeah. You know? It's, it's a still, classic it's a, uh, on every level. Yeah. And they're so good live. I haven't seen it. Oh my God. Really? It was my uh, son's first concert. Really? Mm -hmm. How old the was Bowl. it? Uh, five, six. Yeah, I just took wow. a last. It was this this fall. Wow. That's fine. They're really good. But they're great. They're great songwriters. Um, and they have, you know, they put a ton of emotion into their... I was doing, at the road rally, some of you guys saw this, I was with um, Chris in the, uh, doing the rock and singer-songwriter right. thing. And he was saying that uh, somebody had a song and the chorus came and he said, somebody should step on your foot when you sing the chorus. <laughs> like, see, I can't say this because this would come out wrong coming from me. He can say this. And, <laughs> and um, he will. And he will. <laughs> and he said, it should sound like somebody stepped in your foot. And I just thought that was such a great reference because I, that, <laughs> somebody needs to step on your foot when you sing this chorus. Um, because it's good. And that, but it gives it that, it gives it, I think what he's trying to say is that 
the chorus is what everybody's supposed to listen to. That's what sums up this song. That's where the emotion is. That's where, you know, all the energy is. And um, and I think in Imagine Dragons, they do that really well. You know? I tried to explain to people that back when I still worked in the studio that I would demand that from singers that it's one thing to, to belt it and oh look at what I'm capable of mm-hmm. it's a whole other thing when it goes from your toenails yeah. up through your legs and out through other parts of your body you just know it when you walk into the room and hear three words you go okay that vocal's coming from another place yeah. we heard one of those from a taxi member the other day um, I can't remember who on the I think it was Tom actually played uh-huh. me this young lady and that was the first I said you know all the times that I've referenced vocals coming from the toenails yeah. and out other places mm-hmm. that's the that's perfect it. example oh, I want to hear the song she's that mm-hmm. good oh wow I'm yeah a really good example for me that I give a lot is um Stone Cold by Demi Lovato yeah I mean she is feeling every single I think she sets the standard in that song. It's insane. I mean, forget the fact that she has a ridiculous voice. Yeah. But it's I mean it's ridiculous because she has a great voice, but she puts so much emotion into it. And that's No slight yeah. to Selena Gomez, but they kinda grew up together in the industry yeah. and, and Selena is a very capable yeah. attractive and I mean not attractive from a physical perspective, but as an artist, she yeah. can attract fans and mm-hmm. listeners. Demi Lovato I've really only grown to appreciate her in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah she's amazing. I remember when I heard, because yeah, I was thinking, this is like a Disney girl. And then I heard Skyscrapers, yeah. like, what, six, eight years ago? I look out now. I was like, oh, my gosh, she can really and sing. all of it now. She's everything so she does, it's like she reached a maturity level yeah. or something. She really discovered yeah. her voice. Yeah. Not not her her vocals, but her voice yeah. as an artist. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, but that's really important. If you say you know, really act out what you're singing. Mm-hmm. And act it out, if you're gonna say it a lot of times, act it out differently each time. It has to mean something different. Subtly something different every time you say it, or it's gonna lose impact. Frank Sinatra, greatest interpreter of lyrics yeah. in my lifetime anyway. Uh, just amazing that way. Um, let's listen to the first thing on the list. It's a This is an instrumental. Oh, cool called Poe Boy Zydeco.
All right. Yeah, how long is that track? Uh, it was, there was eight seconds less. Okay. It's 156. Okay. Yes. Two minutes is totally the right length it should be, but it started to feel a little long to me. And I think we both were like, did we get it? We got it. Um, I didn't even look at the time and I had her faded just because I felt like we had it. We had it. Yeah. So, yeah, don't let people feel that way. But, um, but like, that's kind of it. It was good. First of all, um, if you put Four Boys Zydeco in your title, it better be. It's a winner. But it's a winner. I mean, from a title yeah. perspective, oh, yeah. so if good. you're scanning the list right. and you're working on something and you need Zydeco, ding. Yeah. There you go. But it better be. Yeah. You're in trouble. Um, but it is. And it was, it was, it hit the nail on the head. It was like a little bit swampy, which I liked. Um, it was a good riff. I thought it developed really well. I talk about that a lot when I screen. Mm -hmm. um, like, don't, you not you don't always want to give them everything at once because then you don't have anywhere to go. You know, especially for a film on TV, give them something s simple at top so they can bring it up under dialogue and it's not just, bah. you know, if they want to jump right to the middle, they can and they'll cut right to the middle. So give them more to work with. Um, there's a lot of quick, fast changes, like in the first 30, I'd say, which I really liked. It keeps me interested in what's happening. Um, by the third time I heard the riff, I felt like we could have used a change mm -hmm. um, because it's good, it's cute, but um, it's very catchy. So if you hear it too much, it can sort of wear out as welcome, especially if it's behind dialogue. So I think there is such a thing as too many brownies. Yes, <laughs> there are. You end up puking. Yeah, yeah too many brownies. Um, but like, if you know how to make brownies, that's great, right? Because you can always just have less of them. It's hard, much harder. Like I said, it's much harder to write something catchy than like, okay, now I need to pull back a little bit. But um, I've got to say, when it went to the breakdown. Mm -hmm. it, I thought that the breakdown was going to go through some different changes, but it yeah. stayed very linear. Yeah. But the beat was so infectious, even though yeah. it was just a plain old, yeah. I mean, it's just muting everything else. The underlying beat was there. I really liked the breakdown. Yeah. I didn't think I would. You know what? I said the same thing. I was I was literally thinking the same thing. And um, what was the reason it worked, and this is something I talk about all the time, is because the drums sounded great. Mm -hmm. Like, the drums are really in that song. They are not, you know, met, they're, you know, by no means like pushed down under the mix or anything, but you don't re notice them. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Until you think, oh, the breakdown. Oh, there's all these drums in this song. They're just, they fit in there really nicely. And that's why you can get away with it, I think. And also because we've heard the riff a lot, so the break is, is nice. We do need it. But um, I think it could, I think you could have um, a third act. I think you could, after the break, you have a change and then go back. And then, and then we'll be excited to hear the little riff again because we haven't heard it for a while. But yeah, um, that was good. But that'll somebody even if it's even if it starts to feel re repetitive, I feel like somebody with a library would would scoop that up. Somebody who's working on a show like this, because chances are they would never use the entire two minutes. Right. You know, which is something that not enough people seem to understand. Our more experienced, more professional members have learned that that. It's extremely rare that anybody's going to use an entire cue. It's extremely rare. And it's not infrequent that they're going to use just a few seconds, four seconds, nine seconds, 31 seconds. Okay. This could be on a cooking show when somebody's like running through an aisle and they're like, oh my gosh, I need, I don't know, cornbread to make this cornbread. Tony Zatterin's anything. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, this this contestant's from Louisiana, and they throw it in, <laughs> da, 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 and that contestant's out. So 
Um, but that's not to say, don't be lazy, still write full <laughs> cues, we're not letting you off the hook that easily, but yeah, it's a, it's true. It's that momentum, we always talk about the forward progression mm-hmm. and the momentum, sometimes, sometimes it's the easiest little thing, like, um, where you were talking that the, the figure repeated too often, mm-hmm. could have added uh, a percussion thing, a washboard or something. Mm-hmm. Um, after yeah. four bars or eight bars, mm-hmm. just to instead wait longer to repeat the figure, yeah. but pick up the rhythm using uh, some sort of hand-played instrumental thing mm-hmm. that just made it a little different and made it. It's got to make you feel like you're moving down a timeline. Yeah, I guess is what I'm trying yes, to say. Yes, and you know what? I totally wrote that on the Ready Set Explode because, um, like, I felt like the second verse, like, it was. The second verse, there's got to be something that's different from the first verse. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get through an entire song, you want it to have a journey, so you don't feel like there's just something it can be so small, it can be so tiny, but you there's another thing that comes in, and yeah, like it's the it's the journey. Definitely. That's a good word. If you see that pop up in any listings, the journey, you'll know where it okay. came from. I will have stolen it from <laughs> you. Um, let's listen to another one. Let's right. listen to number four on the list, please. That hanging baskets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I should say the title. I'm not a very good host. You just need some practice. Yeah, <laughs> I, oh. I do. Oh, it was faded, and I yeah, oh. give me one second. <laughs> I didn't fade it back up. Run with me through the 
countryside Born and left in my hanging baskets cry But I'm going this wrong I'm going this right It just feels so good I don't know what's to come I don't care what's to come Just be here with me I just figured out while we were listening to that what it is that I love about you in the context of your screening at Taxi all these years. Oh, thank you. You are like that girl that dumps you in high school that does it in such <laughs> a way that you feel like a million bucks after you've been dumped. You're so incredibly honest with people, but yet so good with your logic and reasoning oh, that they you. have to walk away from the experience of finding out, well, you're not getting forwarded. But, you know, and, and it comes from a totally honest place. You're just so good at it. Anyway. I was actually, when I was listening to this, I was thinking, I was like, oh, gosh, am I being, like, really too honest? No. But there's no such thing. But it doesn't help anybody right. if I'm not, you know? This is, none of this is personal. I think everybody knows this. We're all grown-ups, you know? People feel it personally, and I can yeah. understand oh, the attachment. Yeah. It's their creation. Yeah, you do. But... Look, I mean, does she look evil? No, not an evil bone in her body. No. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm very nice. I like to help people. You do. I love music. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. You I do. love helping people make good music. So, um, but I am honest. I can't stop looking at the pink string oh, of hair. Because yeah. um, I'm an avid saltwater fisherman. All okay. day long, I've wanted to cut that <laughs> off and tie it on a lure and like go cast it at a tarpon in the keys. So if you see me staring at the side of your that's face, a, it's that. Why. I have a feather, too. Can you, can you Oh, have that's that? what it is. Yeah, well, there's oh. a feather. There's a little, there's a little rooster feather, and then yeah, the pink, and then my fishing lure apparently. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Both. I mean, seriously, you should hang out at sporting goods stores because you can buy that stuff all day long. Anyway, go ahead, <laughs> lay it on us. The fish head. Come on now. <laughs> this is horrible. This is what I get for being honest. Okay. Um, okay, so I see the title, and I have no idea what hanging baskets are. So I'm immediately thinking this is going to have to be kind of singer-songwriter. And you, it is. So that's good. Um, there is, like, now this is this is definitely somebody mixing genres. Like, because the vocal effects and the vocal style is not country or is not singer-songwriter. But the song itself has definitely got some rootsy country flavor and very singer-songwriter. Um, but I think it I think it works. I think the, the, the things come together. Like, at first I wrote, oh, vocal effects, that's not going to work. But <laughs> by the time I got to the chorus, I was like, oh, I don't care. I like it. It gives a, like, mo- it gives a moody vibe to it. I think it's, I think it's cool. Um, uh, I do think there needs to be more contrast before the chorus because the verse just goes right into the chorus. And if I wasn't looking at this, I would have had no idea I was listening to the chorus. Do you find that as a screener, um, there are times that we don't ask for lyric sheets and you wish we did more frequently, or is it better that you operate kind of in the dark? Uh, in this case, you were looking at you knew when the chorus right. was there, not that you wouldn't know anyway, but uh, do we need to ask for lyrics more often or less often, or are we doing it just about right? Goldilocks. Um, I, I think... <laughs> I don't think it matters when we ask for them. I think you should always submit them. Okay. I think the list. I think that you should do it. Take it on yourself to do it. And the reason I say that is, it's going to help us. Well, at least for me, it helps me give you a better, um, like a better critique because I can cut and paste things. I can use things as examples. Like a lot of times when you're talking about melody, if I can't sing it to you or play it to you, like how can I? 
express to you like, oh, this melody needs to go up or down or change. But if I can take a piece of lyric and I can say, okay, so the melody you have here, this is gonna feel more like a pre-chorus. And so like, I can like mix stuff around for you and show you with your lyrics. And I feel like it can, it's gonna make more sense than me saying, you know, and also because sometimes you don't know what people think is what. And sometimes there is a difference of opinion of what people say, well, that's where the chorus starts, or that's not a pre-chorus, that's part of the verse, or that's not a pre-chorus. There's three different sections of the chorus. Um, so it, it helps to know what you're thinking, um, so that when I say the pre-chorus, I'm talking about what you think is the pre-chorus. I think it's helpful. Somebody that wrote in uh, with questions, I believe, before the show asked, mm -hmm. why aren't we running more listings that are S listings where we give fuller critiques? Honestly, um, there are a bunch of screeners that we're, not a bunch, like 20, but, you know, mm -hmm. some screeners that we're not using anymore because we've gotten pickier over the last couple of years. And... Um, you're kind of where the bar is, honestly. Um, and there's. I don't want to tell them that. After this, <laughs> like, great. You take mean people with fishing lures in their hair. <laughs> this is the best we can do. Um, uh, I think you know. There's a, another screener that is in many of the genres that you work mm -hmm. in. Uh, he no longer lives in LA, but you guys were almost always teamed up on similar, yep. if not identical, things. And. So we, we tend to lean on the screeners that we know are going to give the best result to the members and the industry. So that gives us um, a little more time pressure on our end. And if we're doing more S listings where you and the other screeners that we hold in very high esteem, not that the other people sucked by any stretch of the imagination, usually lame people don't make it past two or three visits to taxi and then they're gone rather quickly. Many of them don't make it past the like inauguration, if you will. Um, they come in, they get tested. We have them come in for a listing where we check every single thing that they touch and we know pretty much right then and there if it's going to work or it's not. Mm -hmm. But all that said, we want to get, um, we become pickier about who we put on which listings. Right. And so in the past, I'm talking years ago, there were people who were assigning the screeners to the listings and they would go, this guy's really good at jazz. Mm -hmm. You and I had this discussion a couple days ago. Jazz screener. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 See, yeah. we talk about this stuff all the time. We're always trying to improve what we do. Just because somebody is a jazz aficionado, I would much rather put Brooke on a jazz listing for film and TV than somebody who is a, a world-class expert on jazz because they're going to hear it the wrong way. Yeah. They're looking for this is the most inventive jazz with the most incredible players. Brooke is looking at it um, from would this work in a smoky bar? Yeah, and so not the same thing. Yeah, It's so different. Like what's going to work in a smoky bar, you know, with people talking about, you know, some scam that they're getting ready to do or some heist or some romantic conversation. It's, it's not going to be that same piece of music that like it's like if you if you go to a jazz club and they're playing killer jazz, you don't talk. Right. You know, if you, you should. You'll get thrown out if yeah, you do. You better not. <laughs> um, but your leaders are there for the music. But that's not a television show. Yeah, it's a concert. So television ain't reality. <gasps> no! <laughs> Not even reality is reality. Oh um, let's see. Uh, Drew Richardson asks, how many tracks get forwarded 
on average per listing and I'm gonna let you okay she didn't know any of the questions I was gonna ask her today so I'm not gonna I'm gonna have Brooke answer this okay um I can answer this okay <laughs> <laughs> no this is like classified information no, it's um totally okay not. so here's the thing like it's obviously a lot of it's gonna depend on how many you know things come in um on a day let's say I listen to 80 tracks um, probably if we're talking songs um, maybe no let's not do an S I'm thinking Y listing in my head let's not because we're first talking songs let's do an S listing let's say I listen to 26 um, 5 to 6 get forwarded I would say on average um, we're talking instrumentals, and I listen to 80 instrumentals, maybe more like 10. Um, but it depends, it's also going to depend. Some days also, you know, the, the way things come in, they're not ordered. So there's days where it's like, where, <laughs> I mean, I don't mean blah, but it's bad. But I mean, blah, like, oh my gosh, why haven't I forwarded more? Um, but then, the but that's like a tenth of the listing or half of the listing. And sometimes they can be stacked in a way right. where you get, and then you have a day where you're like, oh my gosh, I forwarded so many. Like, I forwarded half of what I've listened to. But there's no totally mandate. Happened. Just to be clear, anybody that's watching this that doesn't know yeah. us well, there's no, we never tell the screener, I, I'm lying. Maybe once or twice a year, somebody will say, send me only your best three. But that's extremely rare. Yeah. The vast, vast, vast majority of the time, we don't tell the screeners, find the best 10% or find the best 20%. Mm -hmm. uh, the rule is, find the stuff that's good enough and on target enough that they should yeah. hear it. Yeah, and I'm excited when I get a bunch. I'm like, oh my god, I had so many forwards. Like, I'll tell them, like, this is crazy. And there's days when, um, for some reason, people hit the mark, miss the mark. And it, it usually has more to do with a style thing than with quality. I, I, I always found that to be the case. That like Especially eight, lately. 80% of the time that I didn't forward stuff when I was yeah. screening, this was way back in the day, it was because they just missed the genre. Yeah. Excuse me. But like um, we've seen like with the first one, like what genre is that? It's, you know, a lot of it is subjective. A lot of it is, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm, you know, I hope I'm not speaking for you. or feel but, free. So, but, you know, can qualify this if I'm off target. But we also, to a certain extent, you guys get what the client says you know mm -hmm. and I've had times where I've had supervisors come to me and they're like I want something indie folk and they give me a reference I'm like that's not indie folk like I find that to be the case I often. don't know what you're talking about I'm like so do you want indie folk or do you want something that sounds like this you know and so I'm sure sometimes you have to like navigate that and you have to try to so it's like I mean it's kind of a game of telephone you have to guess what they're thinking and then you have to translate it and then you guys have to translate what that means to you and we have to translate what that means and you know sometimes things get lost I hope that I mean I think that you guys have the people writing listings you guys you know what you're doing you've worked with the the clients for long enough that you've started to been able to interpret what they what they mean there are times that we have to reach out to them we just had one the other day where I, I forget the the person running the listing at you know said throw something in the and make it like this and we went Huh? <laughs> uh, that's completely. A, it was for blues rock slash singer songwriter or something, and it's like that, no. So we do reach back out to them, mm -hmm. but sometimes they don't know, and, and it could be the case of I find this to be with some library owners where 
they get a request from yeah. the industry that's I'm trying to think of a good you know example of something but they get a request from the industry and they just parrot the request yeah. um, out to us but they don't really understand the genre they've asked for yeah and for sure. there are other library owners that I'm not even gonna say it. It, genres are fluid they're yes. subjective and you really have to think about it and some discourse um, I find that usually if two or three or four of us are talking about it that we land on what is a good choice but as Brooke would tell you it, it's not unheard of for myself or the people on our A&R staff to go out to the screener room and mm -hmm. grab Brooke and bring her in and say can you take a look at this what would you think this is or listen to this um, reference what do you think it is yeah or with some other people that also sound like this yeah or to yeah kind of narrow it down yeah we give it every yeah. ounce of effort that we yeah. possibly can and I know it frustrates you guys when you read a listing go huh just know that you won't find it expressed or articulated better anywhere else in the industry because we give it that much effort and if you're if you're doing something that is just Killer, and it's close. And if it's at all ambiguous, or if we're kind of like, I'm not really sure what genre. If they're saying, you know, Sean Mendes, and they're saying singer-songwriter, and I'm going, oh, rolling my eyes. Um, and you've got something that's just killer, and it falls in the middle there somewhere. You're probably going to get forwarded. You know? And the better we know the entity we're sending the music to, the higher that probability goes up. But we also have to not wear out our welcome. Um, we know how much we can get away with with a lot of people. We know when we can forward something that's just so spectacularly exciting that we want them to hear it. Yeah, It does happen, um, but we can't do that all that often because then they don't trust us to do what we really need to do. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, within narrow boundaries, it's a little bit off. I'm not sad. I'm right. saying, you know, if we're asking for female <laughs> pop and you send me a male R&B, I'm like, it could be the more it could be John Legend, you know, I mean, it could be amazing, but I'm like, I really don't know what I can do with this because that's not what they're looking for. So it doesn't really matter how good it is. Um, somebody asked, and this gets asked a lot, uh, and you use a type of headphone I've never seen before. So do you oh, yeah. use anything other than the headphones to listen to submissions? What brands of headphones or speakers do you use? So I was using the Bose um, noise canceling ones and like I think I'm breaking and I would have to use batteries and that bothered me. So I stopped using those and now the ones that are here are Sony. I bring my own. I bring yeah. them. Yeah, they're Skull Candy. I like them uh, because those they are the uh, um, chrome ones. The chrome ones. I know they look like aviator ones. Um, <laughs> I basically I wear them only because they look cool. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I wear them honestly because they're really soft around my ears. And when you're wearing them for four or five hours at a time, it makes a difference. It really does. So I wear them because they're really comfortable. I think I get good sound quality out of them. Um, I will, if I'm having a question about something that just sounds really off, I'll switch the headphones. I'll put on the Sony ones. I'll definitely. I'll also ask somebody here. Ask somebody the other day. I was listening to something and I was like, I didn't quite trust myself with how I was interpreting the chorus. I wasn't sure. And so I said, hey, give me give me your ears. What do you think? Does this sound contemporary to you? And it was helpful. That happens a lot. I think people would be surprised how much interplay. It's not like it happens every five minutes, but the screeners know that we've got people they can go to, and we know that we can go to the screeners. Yeah. Nobody gets it right 100% of the time. Uh, but the reason I get asked that question all the time about headphones and speakers mm -hmm. is that some people have gone out, uh, we've given them the model number, the Sonys that we use, and they mm -hmm. went out and bought them because they want to mix on those. 
and they do it because they want to up their chances of yeah. creating a mix that's going to get them forwarded. I personally don't give it that much credence. I'm not going to say don't do it, but yeah. I can't imagine something. I don't. I would think it'd be hard to mix on headphones, personally. Yeah, especially. I mean, those headphones, the Sony's were actually picked out of a bunch of different headphones that we went out and, and got like ten different varieties of mid-priced headphones. Mm -hmm. And I remember we called it the day of mediocrity. <laughs> and we literally did. It's like NS10s. Those mm -hmm. aren't great sounding speakers, but they're a standard, and we're all familiar with them. Right. So that's why we picked the Sony's. They got picked by you know yeah. uh, popular demand. Yeah, no, wow. they're fine. Like I said, I, listen, I use mine because. They're soft on my ears. <laughs> L. Harrison <laughs> says, I need bigger brain for these shows. Uh, we love doing these shows, and we're glad that we're making your head explode. I'm sure I've said this to you before, but if you ever wake up in the middle of the night and see somebody standing at the foot of your bed with one of those long wooden tooth or a long wooden stick with a swab at the end like a Q-tip, okay. that's me going for your DNA in your mouth. I'm going to swab you so that I can clone you because I would love to have an army of you. You're really good at this. Creaky, guys. <laughs> I promise I'm not showing up, but I'm seriously, you're just so Thank this you. comes so easily to you and you're yeah. so you are caring you really I do care. you, you really do mm -hmm. I've never heard you say a bad thing about anybody you take everybody's feelings into consideration but you tell them the truth you're you're, Thank you. you're like an Olympic ice skater of screening that's <laughs> oh how my good goodness. you are thank you well thank you very much I appreciate it. that means a lot to me Especially coming uh, from you. You mean a lot to us mm -hmm. and, and to our members. And just for you guys who are asking, these are the headphones. Uh, uh, the lighting's not great. But they're Sony um, MDR XD100s. I think that we paid something like fifty-five or seventy-five dollars. <laughs> Brooke for president. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Pay raise for Brooke. Thank you, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Glenn. Um, you guys are funny. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah. I've got to have you back and like sooner than later. I can't believe yeah. I've never had you on the show yeah. before. We we did this live for a group of members that came by the office okay. like a month after Brooke started here and no pressure. Yeah, it was, and I just sat here pretty much mute because she was so good at it that I didn't need to open my mouth, which you guys know is kind of hard for me. Um, with that, I want to thank you guys for sending in good questions, sending in great music, and remember. To go to Facebook, to the taxi, uh, what is our, uh, just uh, Facebook slash taxi A&R? Yeah, it's like taxi independent AR. It's a little Anyway, find us on There's Facebook and comment why you would be a good person to interview me next week. Right. You will be representing your sisters and brothers, mm. and you can ask me anything. You know what? You better and have security. <laughs> I, I want to invite Ari Herstand. Um, Ari Herstand, uh, I'm calling you out, dude. I want you to come on the show and talk to me, or better yet, center stage at the road rally and lay that. I would never pay a company like Taxi to represent my music crap on me. So that would be fun. I would enjoy that. Um, I love a good debate. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Brooke, 
Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. I hope I didn't offend anybody. You, did, you couldn't. You're <laughs> the best. Yeah. Thank you, guys. See you next week. Ooh, I like that newscast. It is, isn't it? Look at that. Does it get any cuter than that? So often it matches my hair. That's right. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Oh, yeah, we need a little applause from iCarly. <laughs>